Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Millennial Love, a podcast from The Independent on everything to do with love, sexuality, identity and more. This week, I was very excited to be joined by the model Megan Barton Hansen. You might know her from Love Island. She went on the show in 2018 and was written about in the media quite a lot at the time, with people focusing on the fact that she underwent a bit of plastic surgery prior to going on the show and that she was a stripper. Since going on the programme, she's been really open about her experience of being on reality TV and has become an anti-slut shaming advocate, which is just one of the reasons why I was so keen to talk to her today. We also spoke about the myths that people attach to sex workers, how she was portrayed on Love Island and how that affected her, and why everyone seems to be so damn afraid of women who embrace their sexuality. Enjoy the show! Hi Megan! Hey! How are you doing? I'm good, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. How how has your lockdown been? Where were you spending quarantine? So I live alone but I thought there's no way I can do it alone so I moved back in with my parents so it's been interesting. Like it's had its perks. I've got like home cooked dinners, my washing and ironing been done, which is great. But yeah, it's hard. Four adults under one roof. It's been tricky at times. <laughs> yeah, that's that's quite intense. How long? How long have you been there for? Literally from the beginning of lockdown. And technically, I could go back because the rules have been lifted. I'm seeing friends more. I kind of like it, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's quite nice. I've been spending quite a lot of time with my family as well. It's quite nice to feel like molly coddled a bit. You don't really have to do anything. <laughs> it's quite great. Yeah, I it. Um, there is so much that I want to talk to you about today. Um, but the first thing I want to ask you about is something that happened fairly recently. You, um, you shared an Instagram story about uh, how an ex-partner slut shamed you for selling underwear. Is that right? And, and going on, and they said you were going on dates with lads for a job. Can you explain what happened there and what that was all about? Yeah, so this was a text from like years and years ago, but I was just scrolling through my phone, saw this like thread of text, and I just looked. And yeah, on there, I realized in one of the, because at the time where it happened, that was like a tiny thing in comparison to what we was breaking up over. So I didn't really pay much notice like to it at the time. But then after, I was like, as if they brought this up as a point. So, yeah, I just thought I'd share it because that's something I've had from one of my earliest, my first ever relationship. I started stripping during my first relationship. And that ultimately was the reason he used for cheating on me. And I think it's always when you work in the sex industry, it's always something that can be and most of the time be used against you, which I think is sad. So I just wanted to upload it, not really for sympathy for me. Like that was so long ago. But it was more just for girls who have that, because I know it's such a common thing. A lot of girls I used to strip with, their boyfriends in arguments would use it against them. So I just wanted to put it there to show people. It really says more about the person saying that and using it against you than it does. Yeah, that's you. unbelievable. So he used, he used that as an excuse to cheat on you. Yeah, literally. So oh, well, I was so, so like insecure. You was doing that. Imagine how that made me feel. You get attention all the time. I just wanted a bit of attention. 
but wow. it's a cop out really <laughs> yeah massive cop out um how how often do you receive slut shaming comments on your social media now is that something that you experience quite a lot yeah I would say it's daily if I actively like went out to look for it there would be at least one comment daily whether it's on a picture or on a story I've posted or even just private dms like sometimes I get paragraphs of just hate and like I think since I come out it was overwhelming because obviously when I went onto the show I knew people would have an opinion on it but I didn't know to the extent and like the papers digging up things from when I was like 18 and videos and stuff so it was kind of overwhelming but now I think after the first initial shock of it I haven't gone out my way to look for it but it's definitely there. What kind of things are people saying to you in your DMs? Um, so now I've restarted OnlyFans since lockdown I thought I'd get back on that and when I first came out of the villa, I was very adamant after all the negative press I had. I was like, that's the old me. I'm never going to do that again. But I think that was more me just being freaked out by all the negative press. And then since then, I've gone and done talks for young girls and done things and really like preached women empowerment. So I'm like, I'm kind of being a hypocrite there. I'm saying, go and do what you want with your body. But just because I'm in the public eye and I've got a big following, I've like shied away from it and been shamed not to do it. So I started that. So a lot of the messages I get these days are, oh, your career lasted long or your 15 minutes of fame are up. So I guess you've gone back to that. So yeah, a lot of negativity and that I'm a bad example for girls. But I think obviously a lot of my followers are old women. The demographic, they're like 20 to 40 year old women that follow me. That's the main people that follow me. So for them, if I'm going to show that message, it's more for them than my younger followers. Like it's your body. And I think society for years has either categorised women into being frigid, like if a guy comes up to you in a bar and hits on you and you show no interest, you're frigid or stuck up. If you work in the sex industry, you get slut shame. So I think it's just really owning your body and that's what I'm, the message I'm trying to show girls. Mm. The word frigid is one of my absolute pet peeves. I think it's like a gateway to rape culture. It's so awful. Um, I want to ask you a bit about OnlyFans. How's that going? When did you start that? Because that's still relatively... I feel like that's kind of surged in lockdown, hasn't it, as a platform? Yeah, so when I heard about lockdown was going to come into place, I was thinking, because obviously I've come from a past where I was a webcam model, glamour model, and I was like, all my friends that still do webcams, like, oh my God, girls, you're going to clean up, it's going to be amazing, because everybody's trapped at home, so it's a perfect time to capitalise on that. So then, yeah, I thought I haven't had any nice content I was in a relationship and I think I'm very stubborn. So some of the relationships I've been in since Love Island, they're kind of been like, oh, I'm so glad you don't do that anymore. So the stubborn person in me is like, well, I'm single now. I can do what I want. So that was an element. Boredom during lockdown was an element and just getting sassy content and making money. <laughs> um, what, what do you think it is that, that partners you're with find so threatening and um kind of brings out their insecurities about that because you said it's something you've dealt with your whole life so what do you think it is about that that because presumably you're very open with it and you talk to them all the time about it so why do you think they find it so threatening I think it's different for different partners I think the first one that's the only one I could kind of understand his reservations about because obviously when I met him I wasn't doing that I was a legal PA in London so to get with someone and then randomly halfway through a relationship I was like right I'm walking into a strip club I'm going to get a job like it or lump it that I could kind of understand and because as well we was only young we was like 19 in a small area and I'd done it in that area so I can understand the shit he must have got from his friends 
But other than that, every partner I've been with has known that's a part of me, whether it's glamour modeling, stripping or webcam. And then they just choose to use it against me later down the line. I, like I said earlier, I think it's a bit of a cop out. I think sometimes they say, oh, that's supposed to be between us. It's supposed to be special. But the pictures that I put online of me in my bikini or the occasional topless picture, that's not personal at all. It's performative, I suppose, isn't it? And it's, it, it's nothing to do with the intimate relationship that you have with a partner. Can I ask if, if um, men are more threatened by it than women? I'd say it's equal. I don't think it matters about the sex of the person. I think it's whether you have that underlying insecurity and you, deep down, they don't agree with it, maybe. That's what it is. I do think that. I think sometimes they try and ignore it and think, oh, no, that's fine, I'll be open-minded. But when it gets down to it, and we're in a relationship, they do kind of get threatened or maybe their friends or family have judgments on it and that influences them. It's really, it doesn't change who I am in the relationship. It's same as the whole influencer thing. When I come out of that relationship in the public eye with the guy from the show, we still had personal intimate moments, just us, whether it's a date night or whatever. But that's just one, like you say, performative part of us that we will put out to the world. But I'm very private when I'm in a relationship. I might get papped walking along the street, but no one knows the ins and outs of our dynamic and our relationship. Um, I want to ask you a bit about um, being in a relationship in the public eye, because the thing that I, from having spoken to a few people who've been on Love Island, the thing that strikes me is the most bizarre is that you obviously go into that show, completely normal person. Maybe you've got a few Instagram followers, um, but you know, you're not famous so to speak and then you come out of that villa after spending you know weeks in isolation essentially to then being completely famous millions of instagram followers everyone knows who you are everyone wants to know everything about your relationship and it's instant that must be so overwhelming (laughs) and to then maintain a relationship amongst all of that i mean how on earth did you cope with that Yeah, the pressure was insane. I'm not going to lie. Like the first week when you come out, you're still kind of in the bubble, but it's just not real. Like it's kind of unhealthy in a way, I do think, because it's just not normal. It's like you have no outside influences. You have no bills to pay. You have no phones. You know, you have no distractions. And then obviously you've been given this wonderful platform with so many millions of followers, so many opportunities ahead of you. And unless you're completely in sync and you want the same things, it's never going to work. So for example, that relationship broke down. I don't have a bad word to say about him, but it broke down ultimately because our priorities. So he was very career driven, taking every job under the sun, rightly so. But because I'd already experienced having money fairly easy with the stripping and stuff like that, I was more dedicated and focused on the relationship. So it's super hard to get that balance just right and really work together when life is a million miles an hour, everybody's judging every move and stuff. It's hard. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think anyone has maintained a relationship on that show since, like for a long period of time, since um, Camilla and Jamie, who are I think in season three, maybe. Yeah, there's a few. I think there's about a handful. So I know that there's like two Love Island babies now, which is great. But I think it's so, so rare. And I guess in people, like I said, must have been so in sync and had the same priorities and been on the same page completely. Also, I think what's interesting about that is is the babies and Camilla and Jamie. Those Those are from much earlier seasons of the show. I don't think anyone from the last few years has maintained a relationship. And I think... This is my theory, is that because since as the show became more and more popular, 
it became a lot more about social media and it came a, became a lot more about you know the image that you wanted to project on the show and a bit a bit less about love and relationships do you think that's fair to say a hundred percent I couldn't agree with you more like I've always said it I never really watched Love Island before I went in but I would love to watch the first few series because I feel like they would be the most authentic and people are actually there to find someone whereas like you say now it's for the brands they want to come across as like Mr or Mrs Nice Guy so yeah it's sad I tried not to be negative because I have watched the recent ones I'm like no Meg don't be cynical they probably really are into each other but it never really lasts does it (laughs) It's just not a natural environment in which to form a relationship. Like you said, you know, you don't have any bills, you don't have any phone, you don't have any responsibilities. And, you know, in one way that could work in your favour. But then most of the time, I think given the landscape that you then come out to and the media attention and the scrutiny and the way that, like you said, they dig up things from your past, it's almost impossible Going back to um, the sex work that you were talking about earlier, I, I find it really interesting that there is still this very kind of archaic view about women who work as strippers or cam girls or whatever, even in 2020 when, you know, we're supposed to be all clued up on female sexuality and female empowerment and feminism. Why do you think today there is still this kind of underlying hostility towards it that isn't really spoken about but it I'm sure you feel it and you see it through the comments that you get yeah and even on the show I remember we done like a lie detector test and one of the questions I was like told to ask my partner on the show was do you think your family will be embarrassed because of my past like it's still there we try and act like we're progressing and we are slightly I think with people in the limelight like Cardi B and the Hustlers film that Jennifer Lopez played in. Like we are slowly getting there, but it's still, I think it's just years and years being ingrained to people that it's wrong, it's shameful for women to actually use their body to benefit them and take control of their body. That's how I saw it. Going into like the sex industry, I guess. So from school, I was slut shamed and literally just for kissing someone or kissing two boys more than my friends had ever kissed at a young age, I had the first kiss out of our group. So I was automatically slut shamed. So I thought rather than have people label me a certain way, I'm going to, it made me more stubborn to go into that industry and be like, I've got that label anyway. I'm going to take control of my body. Um, So I just think it's years of people's parents saying, oh my God, it's just that negative talk we always get told about girls like that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
It's just this kind of underlying fear of women who embrace their sexuality, isn't it? And you really saw it on Love Island, like you said. Do you think that the way that the show was edited and produced was kind of made to project a certain image of you? Because watching it, it felt like, and I think this happens on every season, you know, they try to pigeonhole a lot of the female characters into particular stereotypes. And I'd say for you in your season, it kind of seemed like you were presented as this like agent of sexual chaos. <laughs> I mean, and I'm sure that that was not a label you felt comfortable owning, but, but with, you know, when you came out with the villa, did you, did you feel that? Were you comfortable with the way that you were portrayed on the show? Yeah, I deliberately, I felt that. And even in there, not seeing anything, I could just sense that different things producers would say or when the Casa more people came in and they gave me little hints that were out there, I was thinking, this isn't the real me that's being portrayed. Like, obviously there's a hint of me in there, but it's been amplified massively. But I guess they've got a TV show to make. So when I went for my audition, I openly said proudly that I worked in the sex industry. I was a stripper. So... I knew that would kind of make me the kind of sexual sexual one. And then when I had the choice of dates with the boys, I knew I'd kind of be portrayed as like the man eater or whatever like that. But yeah, I guess it was me, but the situations they put me in and how they maybe edited it down was not me. So it's tricky. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it is it is a show that they have to produce. So I suppose it helps to kind of, reduce people's personalities into like two-dimensional characters but at the same time there's a human being behind that character you know it is still a reality show with real people so it it must be really difficult. I think it would have been nicer if they showed other sides of my personality as well like I get that was my character ultimately it's a reality show but we do have different characters like Adam in my season was the boy version of me he put it on every girl he wasn't loyal he's doing his own thing um but my friends and family were like, Meg, none of your, like, I'm quite goofy. None of my sense of humour came through, nothing like that. So I think they really do edit it to pick and choose what they want to show, which is kind of disappointing. And that's, like, one of the reasons I've never watched it back. Because in my head, it was a lovely experience. I don't want to tarnish it to see how they edited it and how I came across. Yeah, I think I would, I would do the same. I would feel too... It's almost like you don't want someone's identity to be that malleable in another person like you don't want your own identity to be so malleable in another person's hands yeah because not having control over how someone can see you is absolutely a horrible feeling um but it's funny you mentioned Adam because I remember there was that one episode of the show and they do this on every season where um they the partners have to guess how many people the other person has slept with yeah. and I remember with Adam it was like 200 people or something and you know he wasn't really chastised for it it's just so classic and then and then when you revealed your number so to speak there was like a bit of judgment from your partner at the time wasn't there yeah how how, how where do you think that comes from I mean that's so realistic I think that's something so many women can relate to a hundred percent and even in the series after me with Moira how she was just so in control and owned it and then there was that whole thing of the way she licked the lolly. And I was just like, oh my God, it's like harmless flirting. If a boy done that or started doing press ups or started like grinding on the floor when they do the fireman's like challenge, no one bats an eyelid. But because she dares to be a little bit flirty and she's not mouth, oh God forbid. Like, <laughs> it's awful. So if I get this right, you applied for the show the season before you went on. Um, yeah. 
and you told the producers that you were also interested in women and they didn't let you on the show. And then the following year, when you applied, you, you didn't say that you were interested in women and then they let you on. Is that, have I got that right? Yeah, so I don't think the sole reason they didn't let me on is because I was interested in women. I think a whole different array of things possibly. But yeah, the second year I just thought, because I was working as a stripper at this point, I was kind of at a crossroads. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So for me, it was like a big opportunity. The first year I wasn't that fussed. So I went in, I said exactly how, I was like, I like girls as well, so I'm not sure. I said, to be honest, the typical Love Island man aesthetic isn't my type, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I was very fussy, so they probably thought, oh God, she's going to be hard work. That never happened. And then the next year, I didn't mention the girl thing, so I thought, right, I really want to get out of stripping now. Um, be much more simple for them. And then, yeah, I got cast. So maybe it was me thinking that, but that's how it worked out. <laughs> and when you were on the show... You didn't, you didn't mention the fact that you were interested in women as well. Was that intentional or did it just never come up? And do you regret not mentioning that? I do regret it. But I think at, in the time when I first walked in, I walked up to Dr. Alex first, I remember. And he is, I don't know how to describe it, like very sensible, very like, like straight laced. Mm. Very straight laced. And you then trust I, him. Yeah, I walked up to him and I was like, he was like, what do you do for work? I'm a doctor. I was like, I'm a stripper. So from that point, I thought, oh, God, I'm going to be perceived as, like, really sexual. I'm probably going to get slut-shamed on the outside world. So I didn't want to add to that um, and be like, oh, I like girls too. Because that was me that took me so long to come out because I've worked in the sex industry because I didn't want it to be for the male gaze or people to think, oh, she's doing it for attention or to seem more appealing to men. That is the furthest thing from the truth. So that's why I kept it so quiet until I went on another show and I didn't really want to do the show until I was like I was struggling to meet gay girls and it's so hard when you're into feminine girls and you're feminine yourself it's really hard to navigate who is gay and who's not um so I thought this show's perfect they can go and get me some really cute girls <laughs> that was that was celebs go dating wasn't it yeah <laughs> yeah if Love Island does ever come back because I mean Obviously, it's not coming back at the moment because of lockdown. But if it does come back, do you think we could get to a point where we see multiple sexualities on the show? Or do you think it just wouldn't work for the format? I would love that. And I've spoke to a few of the producers that like we're good friends. And I'm like, oh, that would be amazing. But I just think it would be so tricky, I guess, like coupling up and stuff. I don't know how it works, but I guess they've got some kind of thing to eliminate couples week by week. I think it'll make it more tricky, but we definitely need to see it. I think a definite gay show and I think middle-aged people need to get on there it'll be so much more real and brutal than like these youngsters trying to get like we say in people doing it now more for the Instagram followers and the deals when they come out it'd be great to see people actually in there for love I want to know if I mean you've obviously been living with your parents in lockdown have you managed to date at all because I mean that's that's a like a, almost like reverting back to the teenage years, like trying to sneak people into your parents' house. <laughs> How's that worked? Literally. So I've got my own place. So if I am going on dates, I'll take them back to mine. It's like my little bachelor pad. I love it. <laughs> um, all my friends joke. They're like, oh yeah, the shag pad. It's so funny. It's called Badger's Cottage. We need to rename it Beaver's Cottage. I think more appropriate. <laughs> Oh my God, I love that. That's so good. Um, yeah, I've been talking to a few people when it was like first proper lockdown, like FaceTime dates were great. You didn't have to go anywhere, get a little bit glammed up, have a glass of wine. 
but it's so hard and I think during lockdown it's been the first time that I've actually really slowed down since Love Island just focused on me I'm not fussed about getting in a relationship like desperately how I used to be are you still in touch with anyone from Love Island yeah so I was speaking to Danny I can't believe she's pregnant it's mad I know I know so a lot of the girls I speak to some of the boys but it's hard everyone's got such busy lives but I try and like find time to catch up with everyone Samira I was super close with I love Samira yeah you had such a great season um finally I want to ask for anyone listening who is dealing with slut shaming or has dealt with it in the past what would be your advice to them um on dealing with it do you think it's best to confront people or do you think it's about finding a way to to just manage it and you know uh rethink about it in your head yeah i think just don't invest too much time in others opinions whether that's slut shame or anything else someone's putting you down for you know why you've made that decision and as long as you're happy with it and your family and people close to you are happy with it that's the main thing and even people who are close to you and don't support it like you don't need to keep them people in your life like I've had a few friends that will make the sly digs and I just get rid of them because that's not the energy I need around me if you're not fully supportive of what I do with my body and can't support me as a friend and be open-minded as to why I want to do that you don't need these people in your life finally It is time for our Lessons in Love segment. Um, So this is the part of the show where I ask every guest to share something that they've learned from their previous relationship experiences. Uh, So Megan, what is your lesson in love? My lesson in love would be don't ignore red flags. Whether they're a baby red flag or a massive, huge red flag, don't ignore it. Because I've tried to do this so many times or overlook certain things. I think, oh, this person will change. And the majority of the time I break up with people is because the small things that I noticed at the beginning that I didn't address or then later down the line I did address and they still were unable to change. So I think if you see them red flags early, don't dismiss them, deal with it and like get out of there, run for the hills. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's very good advice. What, what are some of the red flags that you have noticed coming up most frequently with partners? So a big one, obviously, the whole sex industry thing, slut shaming whether it's when they've had a drink or they say like something passive aggressive, I don't know. Any comments like that, get rid. Um, If someone doesn't hear you, like that's a big thing for me because I always go for such strong personalities and I feel like a lot of people are very me, 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 especially these days. So someone who's supportive of you and there for you and people constantly talking about their exes, whether it's too much, too often or just negative stuff. We don't need, this is a fresh relationship. That's a big red flag for me. Yeah, we've spoken about that on the show before actually with um, Florence Given, particularly when um, your partner's ex is a woman and there is almost, first of all, it's such a red flag if they call the ex a psycho. I mean, that is just the biggest red flag ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like, well, what did you do to turn her into a psycho? (laughs) And then the other one that is quite interesting is that it's almost like I think women are almost conditioned to, to hate a partner's ex anyway, if they are female, because it's just like that internalized misogyny, isn't it? And that's what... Florence speaks about in her book but it's it's just so interesting because I've never really thought about that because I I definitely have experienced that in the past where you're just you're all automatically like oh yeah I'm I'm you know I I look different from that ex because I wear these clothes and she wears those clothes and you're like constantly comparing and trying to find ways that make you feel better than them 
A hundred percent. Yeah, I've read that book as well. I love Florence and that book is amazing. Every listener needs to go out and buy that book. But um, yeah, a hundred percent. I think too much talking about them, wasting time talking about them, whether it's in a nice way and reliving memories or whether it's like shaming them and saying things that went wrong. They're not there to defend themselves and we're a different pe person. So it's just mad that because I've done it before, I then end up, because this person has spoke so much about the ex, I'm comparing whether it's in a good way or a bad way. I'm like, but we're so different. I'm like, how? Like, it's weird. Yeah, we I've done it. know about the exes. <laughs> That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you're a new listener to this show, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or anywhere else. You can comment and leave us a rating too so that more people can find us. Keep up with everything to do with the show on Instagram. Just search Millennial Love. See you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.